Welcome to the Debbie IDP Grind. I'm host Daryl Winstead, and I'm joined by my co-host Brock. What's going on, Brock? How much, Daryl? How are you tonight? Hey, doing pretty good. Just uh, working on a bunch of stuff, getting ready for the weekend, and it's football season, so there's really no uh, there's no off day. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that lost my page here. So, um. We got some news and notes now that uh, the season is uh, in full swing. I, I hate saying some of these names. Um, Ohio State linebacker Paleo Gate, he was ruled ineligible, and they granted him immediate eligibility. The NCAA did, so that's good for the Buckeyes because they need it. Yeah, he was, uh, I think, a five-star recruit for USC and entered the yep. transfer portal in the spring and had a Decent, I mean, a decent enough freshman year, and I think he was pretty highly touted. So, it'd be, I guess, see how he goes. And Ohio State defense is definitely had some issues. I don't know if he'll jump in and play right away or not, but I mean, I don't know why at this point they just don't grant everybody immediate eligibility and quit playing the, you know, quit playing the games with them. Let them play, you know, don't let them yeah, transfer a hundred times, but give give them that one. I mean, that's the only time he transferred, so I, didn't, I don't know why it was a deal, but whatever. Yeah, Tennessee had one um, one of their uh, is it Byron Young? I can't remember his name right off, but they wouldn't grant him eligibility either, and it was like, why are you not giving it to him? And then all of a sudden, they up and said this week, okay, he's ready to go. So yeah, it's like a two game suspension, basically, is what it amounted to. So I'm like you, I don't know why they just don't grant it to him and be done with it. Yeah, it's the NCAA. It's the most inconsistent organization oh, alive, right? They're horrible. <laughs> they're so horrible. Yeah. Anyway, while we're talking about Ohio State, um, of course, uh, Oregon and Ohio State played this week. Oregon upset them 35-28. to 28. Uh, Oregon jumps to number four in the, uh, the rankings, uh, and they did all this without their star, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was uh, out. Um I was surprised they beat them. I mean, they just ran the ball right down their throat the whole game pretty much. Yeah, Verdell had a huge day. And, I mean, they kind of moved the ball at will on that defense. Like I said, they got some problems on defense. That's what, you know, Day came out and said. They're going to look at everything pretty much. Yep. What was it he said? A restructure of the defense? Yeah, Yeah, restructure. So, so if, uh, you know, you're in a campus league and you play a lot of Buckeyes, you might want to, you know look and see what they're going to do yeah. <laughs> that's going forward and uh, that. And it's too bad for Thibodeau. Thibodeau's a guy that, I mean, man, his draft status is top five. You, you kind of wonder as those injuries linger, is he just going to be like, well, I'm just going to get ready for the draft. Yeah, we yeah. saw that with what Nick Bosa a few years ago. Yeah, Bosa's done it. And, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily – I mean, I love watching players like him on the college side, but – the money that kid's set to make in the NFL that I don't know. Do you, yeah. do you press it or you just be like, nah, you know, I'm, I know he's probably got some, you know, all the new deals they can get some stuff now, but I don't know. So we'll see. Hopefully he comes back and plays, but I, he's a guy I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to be very uh, cautious, especially if he gets hurt again down the road too. Yeah. So. Cause he's, a, he's a draft eligible this year. So, yep. Yeah, it makes sense, you know. Like you said, when you're when you're set up to make that much money, like he's fixing to do, probably yeah. a top five, at least top ten pick. Uh, 
I'm like you. I kind of hate it that he's the possibility could be there for him to set out and get ready for the draft, but uh, it makes sense. It's a business decision. So, mm-hmm. um, and in this game, while we're at it, uh, more bad news: the safety Josh Proctor is out for the rest of the season after he broke his leg. And then uh, Oregon Ducks linebacker Justin Flo is out for the season with a foot injury. So uh, I know a lot of people are hating the Justin Flo uh, news. Me, myself, I've got him in a couple places, and that was just a huge blow. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. I mean, he kind of had the, the injury bug around him, right? So, right. you know, you hate to see it with the kid and – you know, kind of seemed like he was getting ready to go, but now it's, you know, red variable reports. It sounds like, you know, if they played a bowl game, you know, maybe he could be back for that. But, you know, what's that right. really, really worth? I'm sure he'd want to play, but you have to be smart about it. And he's a, he's a true sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he is. So he's still know. got a red shirt. He could probably take a medical uh, yeah. year for well, this as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's a guy that, I mean, other, you know, what was he? He was a you know, pretty highly talented recruit. I don't know if he was a four-star or five-star, but, you know, probably someone that. He was a five. Really thought that he was going to be a, a three and gone. Yep. You know, so now he's going to have pretty much the next year is going to have to be his, uh, you know, his report card for the NFL. <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind of thing, so. Yeah, and I think with him missing two years now, I think he you probably get two more years of him. Uh, had he played this year the whole season and and balled out, then next year, of course, when he's eligible for the draft, you could see him moving along. But with the injuries kind of derailing him the past two years, now you like know, to, does, does he like leave to, after next year, or does he kind of stick it out for another year to get a, two years on tape for him? So yeah, well, I, I, his tape will probably be fine. It's just you know I think they're going to want to see some health. Yeah, from him, right? You know, can he? can he stay healthy for not just a season, but, you know, even, you know, a couple seasons or whatever. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunate for the kid. Hopefully it, uh, you know, well, hopefully sound he, like- gets, he gets good information from the draft committee and, no, and yeah. those people like that, that'll, they can tell him, Hey, you know, you'd be best to come back a year or yeah, go ahead. But hopefully he's listening to the right people when that time comes. Yeah. That's the thing too. Yeah. Cause that's all over the place. Right. You know, you get yeah. all those kids that come and then they, you know, aren't even drafted or, you know, who knows. So, which is funny that we were kind of talking about this to get off on uh, offense a little bit. Uh, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for uh, Pitt, uh, was watching the game there Saturday against my balls. And um, apparently he's pretty good friends with uh, Peyton Manning and, and all that. And uh, I guess he was considering coming out for the draft last year. And uh, he kind of reached out to Peyton Manning to see, you know, what do you think? And I guess Manning reached out to some of the uh, NFL personnel around the league and uh, gathered some info up. And they didn't say what the results were, but, yeah, he kind of come back to pick it and they talked it over and decided that coming back was the best thing, which I'm okay with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with coming back. You know, I would rather – if I'm a player, I would rather come back for a year and be ready and get more money as to leave too early and just be a bust and 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 not paying out. Well, I think the you know, you're where do those kids get honest information, right? Because right. the 
coaches and the people they trust at the university are going to probably tell them one thing. And then you've got, you know, NFL, or you maybe got agents or your family or whatever, you know, that thinks you're a, you know, a first round pick waiting to happen. Well, I mean, there's only 32 first round picks every year. Right. And, you know, do you have someone, you know, not everybody has a, knows a Peyton Manning from however, you know, Kenny true, Bacon, very true. to could go out there and talk to a few scouts, you know, yeah. or a few people at Sports H is going to say, you know, you can't tell this is officially from me, Peyton, but I, you need to tell this kid that he's not getting drafted if he comes out. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and, I, and I'm like you, I think there's a lot of players, they don't get that kind of information. They're told, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. You're going to go so and so round or whatever. And they kind of well, get you're a, false, pre, uh, false information, so to speak. And then, you know, draft day, they're sliding down the draft boards and they're not drafted. And so. Well, and you're and you're a, you're an alpha athlete too, right? You know, so you've you're you're not uh, trained to being told that this isn't going to happen for you in the sport because it hasn't happened for you in your career, and so you're going to believe. You know, if someone's pumping you with go go go, I mean, you're just be like, all right, everybody's telling me that it's got to be true. Right. You know, I, I don't think they see the. You know, it, it's very hard. You know, I I, I kind of always wish I always wished that the NFL would let some of these kids or the NCAA, I guess, whoever controls it would let some of these kids go through the draft process a little bit. You know, you could go to the combine, you could get a little bit of feedback and if it doesn't work out, you could still go back to school. You know, college basketball allows that with, but right. here it's either you have to declare by January 25th or whatever day they set forward. And that's it, right? You either declare by then and you're done in school or you stay in school. You know, I don't, I don't, I never understood why that wasn't there. You know, I just think it's, uh, I think they could give those guys better information, you know, so for a Justin flow or whoever it is, or, a, you know, a, a picket last year, I mean, explored a little bit and yeah, you know, maybe by April 1st, you have to make the ultimate decision. Yeah. I'm staking in the draft or no, I'm going to go back to school. You know, what's it going to hurt at that right. point? But I don't know. So. Well, I, see, I would, I would do it this – I would kind of follow your lead there. I would go after the combine when you've had these, uh, like, senior bowls and East-West Shrine games and uh, all these, you know, the collegiate uh, professional bowl and all that. There's a group of about six, seven bowls that go on right there and then do mm-hmm. the combine too. Let all these kids that want to – I call them kids. Let all these guys that want to go through this process see where they're at. Let like coaches, owners, you know, all these people look at you so they can get good information. Then once the combine's over, give them a week and say, okay, we've done all this. You know, you've still got your pro days to improve, but here's the cutoff. The combine's done. You've got one week yeah. to decide if you want to go to the draft. Then you can sign your, your, um, agent if you want to and i think that's part of the problem they're signing with agents as soon as the season's over and i think that's a rule once you sign with an agent you can't go back if i'm not mistaken so you're done unless that's changed with the name and likeness stuff i have no yeah. idea so and, and i and i kind of think these agents are not looking out for their best interest anyway because they're in it for the money you know they're oh yeah oh, we'll, they we'll care, get yeah. you signed i'll sell you you know that because that's their job is to sell a player 
to a team and get the best value they can for him. So, uh, like you said, not everybody has a Peyton Manning they can kind of fall back on and get good information and feedback from. So, um, we had some upsets this week. We done talked about Oregon upsetting the Buckeyes. Um, Arkansas come out of nowhere and beat Texas. They didn't just beat them. They beat the brakes off of them, 40 to 21, and it really wasn't that close. Um, Arkansas jumped 37 spots to number 18 in the rankings. Um, boy, Texas looked rough. <laughs> yeah, well, they looked rough, and they are going a different direction at quarterback now. And Yep. Card is out and Casey Thompson's in. Yeah, Thompson's back in. And I mean, you know, Texas is such a funny, a funny school. You know, they, you know, I don't, I don't see how a team can be not the cream of the crop in the Big 12 and expect to compete in the SEC. So I know they're going there and they're going to get their, $60 $60 million a year, whatever they're getting from it. I mean, I think Oklahoma, I mean, it seems like that's such a good program right now and they're just kind of a machine. I think they'll be okay. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be as good as it had been in the big 12, but uh, Texas got some stuff to fix. And I don't think they, I don't necessarily know if they have the right coach to, to make that adjustment. You know, I don't, who knows? We'll see. But uh, I think it's kind of funny. They got, they got thumped pretty good. And, uh, I mean, I think they made some pay late in the game. I mean, that game probably could have been worse if it would have, you know, it would have went that way. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, a few universities, you know, Texas, USC, you know, the U. I, I just, I don't, I don't get how they're not mentioned with Alabama <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah. well, you yeah, where, you think where their schools are. Right, they're all three of them are in recruiting hotbeds, and how are you not? You know, how are you not? You know, I mean, you, you I know how you're not because you're, you're not winning. Well, you're USC, and Bryce Young should be playing quarterback for you, but no, he's playing quarterback at Alabama. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's instances like that all over the place, you know, for him and stuff. I mean, you're, you're Texas and you should have got the, uh, you should got yours. No, he went up to Ohio state. Right. You know, and how do you, how do you allow that? You know, that, that, that didn't happen to those schools 20 years ago or, or whatever, you know? So I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah that's Tech- the kind of the big thing that's going here with Tennessee is, you know, with Walter Nolan, he's depending where you look, number one, number two in the, country in this class and that's the thing you can't let a home state prospect when you have one like that that's top five ten overall you can't let that talent leave leave and go to another school in another state you, you just can't you know that's where you you yeah. have to keep those guys in home well and, and, and i think and some will probably have problems too i mean texas and you know, Florida and California, I mean, they all got more division one schools than any other state too, you know? So, I mean, you're always kind of infighting and you got, everybody wants to come out from the outside and stuff too, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what it looks like, but yeah, that was a uh, Arkansas came out and shocked the world. So it looks like yeah, you, I got did. 
You got another did one. not see that happening. I lost a few bucks on that one because I just didn't think that was going to happen at all. So you got a, another one here that looks like it shocked the world too. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't even see this. I was watching something else. I think I was doing the uh, IDP lounge or whatever, and uh, my phone started buzzing. I looked down. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, yeah, Jacksonville State. FCS Jacksonville State beat Florida State 20 to 17. And I don't know if you saw it, but it was a basically a Hail Mary play last yeah. second. And that coverage, I don't know who called that coverage, but uh, I would be asking some serious questions because that was just, oh, that was horrible. That was well, absolutely that's, horrible. That's the same Jacksonville State that the week before lost to University of Alabama Birmingham 31 to, 31 to nothing. <laughs> yes it is. It's the one and the same. It most yeah. certainly is. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think that Florida State probably got a little bit of a big head here and how well they played against Notre Dame and how They had to be looking ahead. Seminoles are back and this figure that's a game they're going to go out and show up and and win, right? You know, so showed up's about all they did. Yeah, well it happens. <laughs> I mean, you you know, you don't take care of business early and you give any school a ch a, that belief that they can play with you. Yeah. You know, you're in it for the long haul, and that happened in Florida State. So, yeah. And it, while we're in Florida, it almost happened to Miami, too. Oh, they, they mean, let, they, they, yeah. Appalachian they let State. App State hang around. I actually watched the replay of that today, and they let them hang around. Um, I mean, it was back and forth for the whole game, and it took a field goal with two minutes left by Miami before they could pull off the win. So yeah, that yeah, was it, like what? 25, 23. I like think that. so. Yeah. A couple points decided it. And you know, and it, it is, I mean, it's, you know, those teams like putting the, and you saw it in week one too, you know, with, uh, you know, Illinois had a Texas state come up there and paid them a ton of money and they wound up getting beat by them. And, you know, there was various instances around the country where, you know, these schools thought they were getting like an easy win and giving someone a payday and they wound up losing the football game. And, well, I mean, it's same thing happened to Vanderbilt. You know, they yeah. paid, you know, you pay these schools to come in here from SFC or SCF or FCS and you're giving them a big payday. They know what they're coming in there for. You know, they're coming in there pretty much to take a butt whooping and get a big paycheck. Yeah. And then... But like you said, you let them hang around and start believing, and same thing happened to, like I said, to Vanderbilt. They jumped out on them. Uh, I believe it was three nothing, you know. And ETS, you started believing and wound up scoring twenty three straight to win twenty three to three. I'm sorry, an FCS school shouldn't be beating a Power Five school. It shouldn't happen. No, it there's not many. Happen. I mean, I think you got your uh, your North Dakota State or North Dakota or whatever it is up there. I mean, obviously, there's a few that have. Uh, you know, some pretty uh some pretty decent programs, but it should Yeah, but you're running you the mill programs like ETSU who they're not even in the top twenty five in division two. No. Or they weren't, you know. But that's why that's why Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt, right? Right. Well, same thing with Florida State. You know, you can't yeah. let Jacksonville State just come in there and not only take your money but kick your ass at the same time. That's yeah. you know, that that's looks real bad on a on a program when you're doing that. That's, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, 
to me, if you're going to lose a game and you're going to pay out that money, let's go play a Notre Dame or let's go play anybody. Don't play a small school like that. Well, and you're, you're Vanderbilt, you know, you could probably get a million dollars to go to Notre Dame and play it. Exactly. Well, no game. <laughs> yes. So, exactly. If you're going to lose, you might as well take the money and go. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were some definitely some upsets this week for sure, and and a lot of them, like we said, did not look good at all. So, um, be curious to see if there's any this week. But uh, it makes the uh, college season interesting. Makes it fun. I mean, you learn about some of these players on some of these teams that you. Had they not come to Florida State or or uh, Vanderbilt to play them, you know, you'd probably never know them because they're in these Division two schools. So they get a little exposure and puts them out there. Um, Alabama, we mentioned him earlier. Um, they lost Chris Allen for the season with a fractured foot. Then they, Will Anderson Jr. had a knee injury I checked. He did practice today, but they still don't know for sure if he's a uh, a go for game time. So it's a more of a day to day thing with him. Uh, you know, Henry Toa Toa was banged up with an elbow issue, so they're going through some. <laughs> they're going through their what was basically their strength. They're going through them pretty good. So now they're getting down there. Yeah, they got some. They probably got seven NFL linebackers on that. Team. Yeah, they got Jalen right Moody and all those <laughs> so, guys. So yeah, yeah. No one's but, gonna feel sorry for Alabama. No, they they're not. To, you know, they got so much talent there, and yeah, Allen and Anderson are both great players. But I mean, if if any team can weather it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yep, they will. Uh, I'm sure they'll be just fine. Um. It was actually a bad week for injuries. Um, North Carolina State linebacker, they lost Peyton Willis with a seizing end and shoulder injury. A uh, huge blow to their defense. He was uh, he was kind of the lifeline, the heart and soul of that defense for them, and now they're going to be missing him. I'm guessing he probably comes back uh, for another year. You know, when you're hurt like that, I, you come back to try to rehab your uh, – not only yourself, but your uh, draft value. Well, and he almost uh, he almost has to, and I think uh, a decent player. You know, I think that uh, you know he probably if he would have shown out this year, I mean, might have got that advice. I mean, he's kind of what the NFL likes about too, right? You know, he's like what six four, six five, two fifty, mm-hmm. kind of a long. Yeah. You know, they locked those long running backers. You know, I mean, I think for that school, like uh, I'm really interested to see what Drake Thomas does for him going forward. Um, yeah. You know, I think that he's kind of got an opportunity now with Wilson gone. Maybe he can be there, be their guy there, you know. Yep. So, um, you know, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing of the football world. And one person goes away, somebody else has to step in, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's always somebody standing there waiting. So, yep. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, too, too bad for him. You know, he really needed a, probably needed a big year anyway. I mean, he's probably a, mid-round guy maybe you know was probably his best case heading into this year so obviously he had some work to do with that so he'll it, it's something he can come back from and you know be healthy next year so yeah for sure um moving along here we've talked i mean you've talked about it before with you know texas and oklahoma 
jumping ship headed to the SEC in the future? Uh, what's the Big 12 going to do? What's, you know, the Pac 12's not expanding? You know, Big 10's not, or Big 10's not expanding. So now the Big 12 has come up and they've got four new replacements. So they're not only replacing Texas, Oklahoma, but they're adding two. So they're going to pick up Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF. And I think this is a great move for the Big 12. BYU's no slouch. BYU, and I'm not talking about just football. They have, uh, I forget, is it the Commander's Cup where all sports encompass it's comes yeah. in and they're like really high in that. But, you know, they've got a good football program that's kind of – on par well, with what Texas was because they have their own network, their own. And it's, it's a name brand, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's Notre Dame or. True. In one of those, but I mean, you know, BYU is a name brand, you know, you write the history of college football, BYU comes up at some point. Yep. And I right? think Cincinnati's one of the hotter names in the country with, you know, their push into the playoffs last year, playing Georgia coming up so close or well, they didn't make the playoffs, but so close to getting there and then playing Georgia so tight. Um, I think that's, I think that's just huge for the big 12. Cause I think that's the two big names. Then you get UCF and Houston, which, uh, you know, Houston makes sense logistically cause it's in that area where Texas and all that is UCF, you know, they're down there in Florida. So, uh, but I think they're a good enough team. They can come in there and be competitive in that conference because well, I think that kind of fits with all four of them. Well, and Houston's another team. I mean, I know you, you always think football, but they got a decent basketball program there. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and some other things going on. And, you know, I mean, I, and, and I think Cincinnati and BYU are both pretty good at basketball. I mean, Big 12 might be the best basketball conference in the country right now. Right. You know, when you head into the next year, I mean, I, I'm not a huge college basketball guy, but I think it's right up there. And um, I mean, UCF is going to be very interesting. You know, now it's in a power five conference and mm. you're, you're in Florida and you've kind of caught some traction, right? Yep. Um, you got a coach there that's got, you know, variable results at out at Auburn, you know, I, but I think he's a, I think he's a good enough of a coach that, you know, that, that, could be what that te- that school needed to take the next step, you know. And I think that uh, it was not. I mean, I, I th- the one that surprised. I, I mean, honestly, I thought when they did it, Houston kind of surprised me. I thought SMU might be the one they go with, right? Um, just because I think they got a lot of things going in the right direction there too, and stuff. And and maybe they will. Maybe you know. Maybe are they done adding? Who knows? Um, Memphis was another one. I know a lot of people talked about. Were kind of surprised that that they didn't wind up there, but, you know, I think that, you know, also Houston and Cincinnati, you know, just getting the Houston market. Yeah. (laughs) Has got to be huge. I mean, that's, you know, that's that, you know, that's huge right there, you know, and I, you know, Cincinnati, you know, Ohio State's had free reign of Ohio for recruiting for a long time, Yeah, but now you got another power, you got another power five school in there all of a sudden. Right. And, yeah, and Luke Fickle's got him rolling right now. I mean, oh, he he's, does. He's done yeah. wonders up there. Well, and, you know, now all of a sudden, 
you know, six months ago, you know, Luke Fickle might have been looking for the next thing, right? But now he's now I'm gonna this is my home. I'm gonna yeah, set this up. Mind. You know, I can go in and you know, and then the the teams that are in the you know the Big Twelve and you know, I, I know people thought it was dead after like Texas and Oklahoma left and stuff. But I mean, you look at a lot of conferences and outside of their top two or three schools, it, I mean, they're all kind of similar. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, and I think they went out and they, they got a lot of, they got some really good schools there. I don't necessarily, you know, right now they might not have a Ohio state or a Clemson or something like that, you know, but I don't know. I, I think what the Big Twelve is going to put out, and what's it, when they all roll in there in twenty twenty three, I think. Yeah, um, and that was uh, one of the other things. They're set to roll in here twenty twenty three. Technically, Oklahoma and Texas will still be part of the Big Twelve when those four come in because they're not set twenty twenty five. So what do you do? You know, you go with it. Right. I mean, is that it, a kind of a ploy to show Texas and Oklahoma that, hey, you're screwing up? You know, it'll be yeah. interesting that you got two leaving, four coming in, and they're all going to crisscross for maybe a year or two. I mean, or they, does the Big 12 say, you can, or, you can go. Yeah, go ahead and leave, you know. Because your concern is, is that Texas and Oklahoma run roughshod over right. what you have for two years, right? Right. And, you know, make you almost – you know, seem like you don't even matter because they left, right. you know? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I, I know there's a big, a big there's deal a, with like marketing rights and stuff like that. But you know, if I, I would be surprised if the big 12 goes to both those schools and the sec and says, Hey, if each of these schools can come up with $30 million. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was fixing to say, because that's one of the things is the big buyout. It's like they, 70, 80 million per school to leave. Well, and the thing is, though, is even if they pay the buyout, the Big 12 still controls their marketing rights. So True. they're they're out of there, but they're still, you know, it's such a loss. So maybe it's like, well, you give us the, yeah, you give us the $70 million and you keep your marketing rights, right? right. And Which then, Texas kind of has their own marketing rights, right? Because they have the Longhorn Network. And from what I understand, they can they could weather some of that better than like Oklahoma could. Right. Which is, um, which is kind of what BYU's doing. They have their own thing. I think, I mean, you talked about this before yeah. too. I mean, it's like an $800 million industry or whatever it was. Um, Cause they have their own channel too. So it's, I kind of see you pushing or not pushing them out, but Texas leaving BYU coming in and they're, I don't know that they're not the same right now. I know Texas is a bigger brand name, more of, but we just talked about the history of BYU, you know, so I don't it, think yeah. you're losing a lot there. I think the big hits coming with Oklahoma losing, you know, you know, you know I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, there, to me, there's, you know, you got what Ohio state, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. If I'm missing someone off the top of my head, those are kind of the five brands right now that are standing off above everybody else, right. Based right. on recent success and, and you're not going to, you're not going to replace that. Right. It, it's impossible to do. I mean, I think there's schools on the cusp of it and could, could, you know, be there. Like, you know, to me, like you, USC should be in that conversation. Yep. Uh, 
you know, one of the Florida schools should be, you know, yep. if they can <laughs> yeah. figure it yeah. out down there, you know, but, but I don't think uh, you're not going to, you're not going to replace that Texas, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they're better than BYU. I don't know if I mean, in, if Cincinnati or any of those schools, I mean, I, I don't even know if Texas would have performed as well in the American conferences those schools has based on what we've seen over the, the last few years. Yeah, very true. So very true. Um, it's it's going to be interesting the next few years. I mean, um, that's when I seen them announce that those four were coming in in 2023, and I was listening to it on the radio, and they're like, "Well, they're going to crisscross for a year too," and I was like, I don't know that they will. This may be their way of saying so long to those two, kind of like you said, hey, we know you owe us $80 million on a buyout. Maybe they cut some kind of deal and say, hey, okay, give us $50 million and we'll cut you free right now. You keep your marketing rights or whatever. So maybe there's a a way for them. I think they were holding to, strong to the $80 million and whatever other terms they had because at the time they didn't have no replacements. Now you've got replacements. You kind of see what you're bringing in. So maybe you let that down so they can get on out of the way and move on. Because clearly they're not coming back either way. So if if I'm in charge of the Big 12, the last thing I want is in 2023 and 2024 is that Texas and Oklahoma finish one and two in that conference and they annihilate everybody else. Yep, just beat up your new guys and everything. That's I agree. So that's not a good that's, look. That's the last thing I want. So I I would I would be shocked, I guess, if there's not something there, you know, where it's like, hey, you guys want to go to the SEC, you know, we've moved on. We right. got these we got these schools coming in. Um, you know, we don't want to hold you hostage over your marketing rights, you know, but we also think that you set this whole thing in motion, so what makes it work, right? right? And and I think both those schools would rather get into the SEC sooner if they could. You know, now the only problem with that is the SEC's new contract, TV contract, and I don't think kicks in until 2025. And so how are those schools, are they going to want to pony up money from their own pockets to make it work? I mean, it's kind of, it's I don't know, it's interesting to see how it'll play out, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if it's done. I mean, I, I kind of think that if I'm a, you know, if I'm still the Big Twelve, or if I'm the ACC, and you know, maybe the Big Ten, and I kind of look, and I, I said, you see SMU and Memphis, and you know, Notre Dame's always the big fish in this mess, kind of stuff. You know, do you do you try to add that to your squad to your conference? You know, but. They got this alliance thing now. Maybe that's the answer to not doing that too. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm kind of like you. Uh, no way the Big Twelve lets them stay and beat up, beat up on their guys and the new guys coming in, and and not saying they will, but odds are, you know, that, they have so far. So that thought has to be in their mind, right? It got to be. Yeah, it's got to. Yeah, be. you know, that's that's the one thing is that you can figure out what you want to do, but that thought has to be there. That's like, you know, what's it going to look like if, you know, Texas and Oklahoma in 2023 and 24 go, you know, a combined 
24 and two in conference and their only losses are to right. each other or something, right. you know, and you know, what, what's that, what's that say, you know, for the big, you know, the big 12 and wanting to be a power five conference. And right. if you can avoid that and have what you want to be set for the future anyway. And, you know, I mean, maybe the option is too, is that the, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, they wind up going independent for two years and, you know, if the Very SEC, possible. if the SEC schools don't say like, well, we don't want to split the money with you. I mean, I think Texas could do it with the Longhorn Network and be fine. Yep. You know, and maybe Oklahoma works something out with Texas to be part of that. I don't know. So we'll yeah. see what it all does. So yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. Um, I still keep wondering because this is not the last that we've seen of this or any other conference. I think at some point. Notre Dame has to join a conference for football. And with their – The only conference they can join is the ACC, apparently. Yeah, because of their legal – yeah, so – Yeah, they've got something because of all – well, because I what their basketball team and everything else plays in there. And yeah. I, I think that when they sign that, I think they agree that if that for football they ever join a conference, it had to be the ACC. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, and not just them. I don't think we've seen the end of any of this. I think we're going to see – more conferences and teams begin to transition and move around a little bit. So uh, well, I don't think of, it's done by any means. A lot of them are, are stuck into media rights deals and things like that. Like um, yeah. I remember last year, you know, with uh, Nebraska um, with the whole uh, Scott Frost, we just want to play stuff and, <laughs> um, you know, talking about how they should leave the, the leave the big 10, but I guess like the big 10 schools all signed a, like a 99 year contract going in to it or something like that. So like, I don't, there's not a big 10 school that's unless the conference dissolves completely. There, I, there's not a big 10 school that's going anywhere in it, nor should they. I mean, that's a, you know, a pretty big brand conference and stuff, but right. um, I know there was like, you know, after Texas and Oklahoma jump, there was rumors that like, oh, Clemson and Ohio State are going to jump to the SEC, and the SEC has become a super conference and stuff. Well, I think the SEC made their move because, you know, they saw the money that the Big Ten was getting, right. and you know, how do you make that more marketable? Right, you have to, you know, because when you think about it, I mean, SEC has Alabama and Georgia, and then kind of a bunch of really good name brand programs. Well, they, I mean. The Big Ten has Ohio State, maybe Penn State, but then a, a whole bunch of really good name brand programs too. You know, so they, I mean, they wanted to try to beat their dollars as far as, you know, TV. Con- I mean, it's all based, it's on TV deals. It's all money. If right. They want, right. So. Yep, for sure. But it will definitely be interesting to say the least. Um, USC, we kind of mentioned them a minute ago. They have fired their head coach, Clay Helton. 42 and 28 record, or I mean, a 42 to 28 loss to Stanford this past weekend. They showed him the door. He had a career record of 46 and 24 in his time there. Um, I knew he was on the hot seat, but I just didn't see them canning him this quick. Um, I thought maybe they'd give him a few more games to see. Uh, Stanford just took it to him. I I've watched that game. They were uh, – Stanford was fired up from the get-go on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, USC's 
You know, I mean, ever since, uh, you know, uh, Carol left and, you know, they kind of had those infractions of things that have just kind of been floating around and really can't seem to get their, get it back together and stuff. And I mean, that should be, you know, it's easy to say on the outside looking, it should be interesting. I mean, you're, you're USC, you're sitting in the, you know, California has more high school talent than any state in the, arguably, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're not, you're not making it work, you know? And, and I think Clay Helton's had top 20 or 15 or even higher recruiting classes every year he's been there too, you know? So obviously, you know, according to the, you know, the, the experts or whatever you want to say, I mean, he's getting the talent there and just what is he doing with it? And, you know, I, I mean, USC set the bar pretty high too. I mean, it's national championship or bust has kind of been the, the belief there is where they should be. And I don't know. I mean, it's that, that's a job that's going to attract a lot of attention and you hear so many names right now rumored for it, you know, from, you know, urban Meyer shot it down <laughs> today. I think it was today. He said that that's not happening. And right. um, stoops is one that you hear coming up quite a bit for it and stuff, but you know, I don't, who knows if that's true or not, but yeah. What's his name at Penn state's a guy that's, I guess, been linked to it. Uh, Franklin. Yep. I've heard that, uh, <laughs> which it was crazy, but I did see it today. Don't know how much truth is to it, but Lincoln Riley would be, uh, one to maybe go out that way, and if that was the case, then Oklahoma would look at Josh Heupel immediately because they want they would want him because of his ties there. So, I mean, you hear so many rumors. Yeah. Who knows what's well, real and what's not really? But but it's raw. But then you also got to say, you know, like Riley's under contract. You know, yeah. so either he's gonna he would have to convince USC to buy him out somehow, or you know, he's gonna have to do that himself. And then in the same thing, Heupel's under contract at Tennessee. True you'd have to convince Oklahoma to buy him out or, you know, and I just think, uh, you know, I think there's, I, I, they did it now, you know, so they could do their due diligence for the whole season and figure out, you know, what's the best, the best fit for him going forward. Right. And, right. you know, you think the name an interim and then they already did. Kind of it... I think their defensive coordinator or somebody. Yeah. Their, so they got a guy in charge for this year and, um, you know, hopefully they don't, you know, for them, the, the, re, every recruit they had coming in doesn't leave and, right. um, you know, yeah. Like so, that. I mean, what does that do? Guys like Corey Foreman that just, do they leave now? You know, Drake well, Jackson, is he, does he leave now for the NFL? Um, it, it depends on who that relationship was with. Right. You true. Know, I mean, a lot of schools, that's that sometimes that's with the defensive coordinator or, or a position coach or something like that. That's the reason you went there. You right. know, I mean, that yeah, you you like the head coach, but you know, maybe who did you, you know, decide was the guy that got you to they convinced you to go there or whatever, right? So I don't, uh, you know, they're gonna lose some. I mean, I'm sure there's some that were like, you know, Clay Helton was the one that sold me on this, you know, whether they're there or the, the kids that, uh, are kind of committed right now, but haven't shown up yet. You know, right. they could switch and stuff, but I don't know. And how long do you wait? Do you let it go? I mean, you're not going to, you're going to see the rumors flying all season, but I don't, I mean, you're not going to, you know, if, for example, Franklin at Penn State's their guy, 
that's he's going to finish the year at Penn State. Right. You know, he's not going to he's not going to leave him there. I mean, that would be a that would be a terrible <laughs> a terrible thing to show, you know. So I think uh, you know, we'll see what happens with it and and I would be surprised if there's some NFL people that are interested in that job because, like I said, it's USC. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they. Uh, it's early. I mean, they, it just happened this weekend, so uh, you know, there's no way that they've got their guy ready to go. I think they've got to. Well, I don't think they're going to the immediate. You know, with the interim and all that, getting that in place first, and then I think you do a, a thorough process of. Um, because I've never really seen a coaching search that happened quickly that actually worked out. I think you got to take your time, do your due diligence, and and go over everything with a fine-tooth comb and get the right guy. Because if you don't, you're just setting yourself up to fail again, I think. Well, and you're, and you're not going to – I don't think you're going to see a permanent head coach named for USC until December or January. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's – even if it is – you know, unless it's somebody that's not coaching right now, the, the yeah. one Stoops could be the one, you know, if if there's actual interest there and that's the direction they go because he's working for Fox or whoever he's working for right now. Right. Or maybe not even there, but he, he could be the he could be the guy that could be like, well, yeah, I can leave this behind. And I'm going to go coach again. But right. if you're talking, you know, if it's Franklin or if it's uh, oh, I heard the enemy from Kansas City Chiefs rumored. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're going to finish out the season where they're at. You know they're not going to. They can't. I, they can't. I, they, like I said, they're all tied to contracts. They can't just be like, "I'm done." <laughs> right. And and if it's the enemy, you're talking even longer. You're pushing in to after February because odds are they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, you're looking even deeper than you would be with a college coach who where bowl seasons into December first yeah. of January. Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, who it is. Uh, I can't well, imagine that it's would be hard for them to find a coach because they're a name brand. I mean, let's face it; they are they're kind of right where we're at, Jock, with Tennessee and Nebraska. You know, they're big name schools that's had a huge history. They've probably won better than we have here lately, but uh, right, those schools are big name brands, and it shouldn't be hard to find a coach. You know. You look at his record, 46 and 24. You know, I'm guessing that's over five years, I think it was. Five years, you know, so you're looking at about what nine and four every year. Which is not bad. And you're getting rid of that guy, you know. And I mean, Nebraska did that a decade ago with Polini, right? Well, Tennessee did it not long ago. I know people's going to roast me here in Tennessee, but you brought Butch Jones in and he had you two nine and four seasons. Sure, yeah. he was a bonehead and, and screwed a lot of stuff up, but he had you two nine and four seasons and kind of had you back on track, and you fired him for Greg or, uh, for Jeremy Pruitt, who done nothing. So uh, it's not always the grass is greener on the other side. So I hope it works out for him, but because well, you, you, you want to take your time and you want to be smart about it, and you know, but I think you also. The one thing I think USC is not a broken program. No, coming in right. I mean, I think that's you know, 
And I don't know if Tennessee was necessarily either. You know, that's the one thing I like. Nebraska was broken. You know, well, I the think. thing that hurt Tennessee is they've got this. Now they've got this McDonald's uh, bags of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which oh, this couldn't have come at a worse time. I mean, if we get, you know, we're in violation with the NCAA over giving money, and six months later they turn around and make it legal, pretty much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think that was the holdup with getting a coach for us is because of the uncertainty with the bowl bans, which we still don't know. We still yeah. have no clue what the investigation is going to drop down on us. At this point, Tennessee should just self-impose something and be done with it and move on. And I think that's kind of what's hurting us with recruiting a little bit because these players are, you know, well, what's the situation? Well, we don't know what the situation is. To me, two-year bowl ban or something or whatever you want to do, get it out there so you can tell people and go from there. Uncertainty is just the worst thing ever. When you can't answer somebody's question, that's yeah. That's not a good look. I and mean, then, like we talked about the NCAA earlier, they drag ass around forever. I mean, look what they did for what was it, Baylor? It took them five years to come to a decision on all that mess down there. It's it's just not a good look. But like you said, I'm uh, got to be patient. I'm sure USC will find something. They're not broken. They got good players. They've been fairly competitive. I mean, they're kind of hovering around that top twenty-five year in and year out here lately. Um, They've got a good quarterback. I mean, you've got some really good pieces you can build around. So I can't imagine it would be too hard or too difficult well, for them to get the right person. It's USC. I mean, let's be honest. Right. There's probably close to, what is there, 124 Division One schools? I think there's 130, actually. 130. Yeah. I mean, there's roughly probably about 115 that they could call and say, you want this job? They would say yeah. yes. Yeah. Right. You know, so they've got their pick of the litter. You know, they need to they they just need to do, like figure out, you know, who who they can get and what you know you think about this for a second. If they think the Penn State coach, Penn State, right? I mean, it's it's freaking Penn State. It's like <laughs> a, as big of a brain as you got, but if they think that coach would consider leaving there to go to USC. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd send them Frost if they'd take him. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! And I'm so surprised that he's not worked out there. I, re I really am. I've I've have pulled when he first got the job. I pulled for him and still pulling for him. I'm like, man, that's just a perfect fit. This this just needs to work so badly. Well, I mean, you hope he writes the ship, but like. You know, I, I you kind of see the writing on the wall this year, right? You know, yep. there's the, you know, the unallowed practices and advisor stuff or whatever that's popped up, which I would guarantee you that every school did. Probably. But yep. I'm guessing somebody within the university let the NCAA know about it. And the NCAA said, probably you guys can handle it how you want. And so the school's like, well, we're just going to see how it plays out. Well, if he's... You know, if he struggles this year, you can come out and say, well, we're going to fire you for these illegal practices, Scott Frost. So we don't have to pay <laughs> you. We don't have to pay you that 25 million. Yeah, there's always an out Yeah, <laughs> that we owe you on the back end. Right. You yep. know, I mean, if he wins games, he's fine. I mean, that nothing's going to come of that, you know, at all. But uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I was hopeful, and then Illinois went out and slapped him around to start the season. And... That was rough. And they did it with a backup, too, because they took their starting quarterback out. That game was so fun. I mean, like, you know, Nebraska is like, I mean, the last, I don't know, it's been a long time, last decade have been so bad at just the self, I, I just call it the self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yep. Right? I feel you. <laughs> you know, I mean, things are going good, and then you get called for, a roughing the passer and all of a sudden everything just falls apart, you know, and I don't know. They got Oklahoma this week, so that'll be uh well, I'm sure they'll get everything corrected this week then. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, like it'd be nice to see them rally the troops, right? Like, and, you know, cause I think yeah. they got good talent on that team and, um, you know, but it's just, can it all come together or not? And for whatever reason, it's just not gelling there, you know? And I think uh, we, you see that a lot of places, though, so. Right. All right. So, um, and one more here. We'll do the last one. Iowa, I think they've been impressive so far. They have jumped to number five in the AP ranks after winning back-to-back top 25 wins over Indiana and Iowa State. Uh, that Iowa State game is always ugly. Last weekend was no different. Um, Indiana has just, or uh, Indiana, Iowa has just kept plugging along and playing their game, and uh, right now they're in the driver's seat. Well, and if you if you like defense, you like Iowa. I mean, oh yeah, that's your team for sure. They, they play it, you know, and I and I, I think the final of that Iowa State game was twenty seven seventeen. Yes, but, it was. If you watch that game, I mean, it wasn't Iowa, that close. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I, I they're kind of like the uh, the 2001 Baltimore Ravens or something like that, right? Or 2000, yeah. whatever year that was, right? Like, they're they're not made like every other school out there, you know, they're not going to score, you know. 50 points a game or something like that. But man, they, I mean, they play, they play defense the way defense was intended in football. Exactly. Right. I mean, they just, they will they, hit you. They, yeah. they're disciplined. I mean, they don't make a lot of mistakes. No. Um, they don't have, I, like, and it's a team defense. Yeah. You know, like, I, they don't have a great, I mean, there's good, there's a lot of good players on that defense, but they, they don't have a star. Nope. Right. I mean, they're just going to – It's a different player almost every week for the yeah, game. I mean, it's, I mean they're, uh, they're just going to come out and play well, and they're going to – in all aspects of it. I mean, it, against the run, against the pass. I mean, if – now, I don't know. I mean, it, we'll see how that holds up. You know, I mean, that's kind of been – you know, that was George Zemo for a while. Yeah. You know, we're gonna we're just going to play defense better, and that's where I was this year here. And, you know, based on the – you know, the Big, the Big Ten, I mean, it is wide open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're going to play defense and and they're going to run the ball and they're going to make you play their style of game. That's and I don't know if I don't think they got an Ohio State game in the regular season. I think they have a Penn State game. Um, but I mean, they're gonna. I'd be surprised if they're not in that Big Twelve or that Big Ten championship game at the end, right? And they're playing for that right to go into the you know, the college football playoff at the end of the day. Right. So right now they are 2-0, and ranked number five. 
And here's the rest of their schedule. Kent State, they'll roll them. Uh, Colorado State, they will roll them. Uh, then they play Maryland. Let's, let's just say, when you say roll them, for them, that's like 27 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, then they have Maryland. Then they play Penn State on October the 9th. Um, from there, they play Purdue. Then they play Wisconsin. That'll be a tough game for them. Uh, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, then Nebraska. So they do not play Ohio State or Michigan this year. Who gives a frick about Michigan? So, uh, true. So uh, other than really – Kyle's not on here with you. You don't have to butter him up. Well, that's true. I can't <laughs> he's, he's sensitive like that. Um, but, yeah, outside of Penn State and, and Wisconsin – it pretty much sets up easily for them. I mean, they're probably, unless something just falls apart, they're rolling into Penn State 5-0 into that game. Yeah. Um, even if they lose that game, you know, they play Purdue the next week, you're looking at probably uh, a 6-1 or 7-0 record when you hit Wisconsin. And I have to imagine if they pull off both of those wins – they're gonna. They're probably gonna win out and probably not face any unless they get tripped up in a trap game or something like that. Looking ahead, but right, I don't think be so. no I mean, reason for them to not be. You got a, you got a veteran coach that, you know, I think will keep a team focused, and they're not. Like I said, they're not flashy. You know, they're just a team that's gonna win in the trenches, and they're gonna win ugly, and they're gonna win. Yep. They're gonna, like you said, they're gonna beat you up. Yep, that's their game. That's what you they know, want to do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna play defense and they're gonna run the ball. And if they, you know, I, they're they're at least so. You know, the other day it looked like their quarterback. I, I can't even think of his name off the top of my head right now, but um, you know, he made he made some plays when he needed to. Right. But he's not a guy that's gonna win a game for you. True. Which comes back to hunt you at some point. I know, but I mean, I think that. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how it goes. I mean, they definitely deserve that. I mean, they were you knew they were a top twenty team for sure coming in right. to the season. But I mean, in Indiana, a lot of people had high hopes for, and Iowa State, and they handled them both with ease. So. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. But uh, I mean, looking at their schedule, I, I would be surprised if they're anything less than ten and two, and that's losing to Penn State and Wisconsin. So. Um, and I don't think they'll lose to both. I think they beat one, and and maybe somebody else will trip them up along the way. But you know, a ten and two season, I don't. I think it's the way it's set up for them. That's very easy for them to do. But uh, we'll see. I mean, that's why they play the game. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so now that we've went over some college, you know, game stuff like that, let's get into a little bit of the fantasy side. Um, is there any players this week you're trying to pick up off waivers? Uh, for like campus to campus leagues? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, for campus to Cantons or, or maybe if people are in some college only leagues, I know I've got one where it's just college only, but is there some IDPs that you're, you're picking up this week? 
Uh, yeah. What's your waiver ads for the week look like? Um, so I got a uh, couple guys that I think that people should really take a look at if they haven't, if, and maybe they're rostered or not. But uh, uh, Darren Anders is a linebacker for Bowling Green. Um, that has made a ton of tackles so far, but he's kind of a, I mean, he seems like he's a playmaker, you know, he's got an interception, he's got a sack. He just kind of is filling all the boxes for them right now. And I think he's, you know, if you're in a, in a college fantasy league could definitely be uh, an asset for you. Um, Jacoby Winman for UNLV. If he's not on a team and you're, if you're in a campus league or a college league that plays IDP, you should have him. I mean, he's, He's playing middle linebacker there for UNLV, okay. and he's rolling up a ton of stats. And then this week here, they got Iowa State coming into town, so you know they're going to run the ball. And so I think he's in a in line for bunches of tackles this week. Um, on that, you know, and then I think another uh, yeah, because they're going to want to run Brees Hall and get him back on track. You got to imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is the. Uh, you know, it's a get right game for them, right? You know, and I, but I think yeah. they go out. I think they go out to Vegas, um, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so that's a late game. It's like, you know, ten thirty the time that they're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're used right. to playing at or whatever. So, um, maybe they, I, 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 I can't really see you and I'll be winning that game. But you know, like I said, they're going to run the ball a lot, and I think he's got a chance for a lot of tackles, and he's been good. He's been good so far. Um, you know, if you're looking for somebody on the, uh, back end that I don't know if he was on a lot of teams and, um, you know, Fantrax has him with, as a defensive back or a linebacker. So who knows where you play him, but is, uh, DeMarvion Overshawn for Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's making a lot of plays for them and doing a lot of good things there. And, you know, it's kind of their, uh, you know, their main guy on there. So. Um, those are a couple guys I've added over the last, uh, you know, last few weeks that I'm going with. Up, if you hear and very interesting that you mentioned Demarion Overshawn because I just did an article uh, this week that came out a uh, day before yesterday. Three buys for IDP Debbie, and he is one that I had on there. Um, he's almost <laughs> kind of a cheat code. If you will, because yeah. uh, I know Fantrax has him listed as a linebacker, safety, cornerback hybrid. So you know he's playing linebacker, but if you can play him as a defensive back, I, I gotta imagine that's a huge cheat code advantage for you in some of your fantasy leagues. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the. Uh, I don't know. You watch Texas, and he's their middle linebacker. Oh I yeah, where, I mean, I he's know. had um, he's got twenty one <laughs> tackles in two games. You know, he's getting ten and a half a game. So. Yeah, I don't know where they get all this uh, other stuff for, but he's a, he's a middle linebacker. He lines up. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, you know, or if you want to call him an inside linebacker, I get it, but he's <laughs> he's a, line, he's a well, linebacker. He start, I think what happens a lot of times is because he started his career as a safety. As a safety, and they move him around, and they kind of keep all that other old. Yeah, and they just don't update it or whatever, and I, I think that's kind of, yeah, I think that's exactly what happens. I don't remember what league it was, but I saw a kid from Fresno State that was listed as defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, safety. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, and the the guy that um, 
our buddy Dooge told us about, uh, Jerry Wilson. He's the same way. Yeah, he's got like every position. Yeah, you can literally line him up at punter if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about Overshawn, Overshawn, um, you know, I kind of looked. He's only rostered in 60% or 61% of Fantrax leagues. And um, just from last week till yesterday, or this week, he saw a 24.6 increase. So um, fantasy managers are picking him up at a, a pretty fast rate. So if you want to get him, you're going to have to go now and look um, because he's he's just racking up the stats. So, yeah, I love that call to you. Um, so the other two I had on here, I had C.J. Brewer for Coastal Carolina. So if you're playing in, excuse me, position-specific leagues where you start defensive tackles, he's a guy you're going to want to take advantage of. Um just a huge production guy. Does a little bit of everything. Stops the run, rushes the pass, you know, gets his hands up for pass blocks. Uh, just anything you want him to do, he's doing it. And I thought, man, I bet he's gone. And to my amazement, he's only rostered in 36% of leagues on fan tracks, which kind of shocked me because most of your campus to Canton Debbie, IDP Debbie teams like that, or, you know, college only, the ones I'm playing in, they're position specific. You know, you got to start defensive tackles, you got to start corners. So to see, I thought that number was super low for him. Um, and then one that uh, I kind of went back and watched uh, some of his tape. Um, sorry, cut out on you there. Went back and watched some of his tape is um, outside linebacker Andre Carter the second for Army. Um, this dude is just on fire this year. Through two games, he's already got uh, eight tackles, four and a half TFLs, four and a half sacks. Um, I went and looked at their schedule. They've got a super easy schedule that lines up for for them. Um, don't really see anybody that's going to get in the way that can really hold him back. Um, so the, I think the opportunities for him to continue to get these big stat numbers each week, I think it's perfect. And uh, the best thing, 2% of leagues is where he's owned. I snatched him up basically everywhere I could. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's leading the nation in sacks right now, and that's basically, you know, you're flipping a penny for a sack leader. So, And with no real competition on the schedule to – to hold him back or slow him down, I, I just think that's a great ad for any fantasy team right now. Yeah, I mean, you always, I mean, that's the fun thing about, uh, you know, college fantasy. There's always those diamonds in the rough that you can search through and, you know, find him and you never know. I know in a, you know, a couple campus leagues last year, I picked up a Zayvon Collins just out of the blue. And, right. you know, you get, you know, somebody you thought was NFL ready but i mean obviously based on what they did with him sunday maybe not right <laughs> so <laughs> right. right um so is there any guys out there that you are that you had high had high hopes for but now you're kind of pumping the brakes or you're trying to move on from them um i mean it's so early in the season i i, I don't know right. I, I'm, I'm not a i try not to be that overreact owner and um, bail out, I guess, right away. Um, you know, I think that, uh, 
you know, one of the guys that, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't probably really have anybody. I mean, I, I kind of still have high hopes for him and maybe they get there. Um, eventually we'll see. I mean, I know there's a couple guys, I mean, uh, Oh Lane from, uh, you know, Georgia state was a defensive back. I was really high on coming in the year. He hasn't done a whole lot, but they haven't had a very, uh, friendly schedule for them either. So maybe this is the week he kind of breaks out, but, I don't know. I, I've always thought in this, in this, what we do, if you like the kid heading into the season, it, everybody has bad games. Sometimes it happens the first two weeks and then they ball out from there. So. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I try not to overreact or jump the gun and say, Oh gosh, he played horrible. I got to get rid of him. Cause I found in the past that usually bites me in the rear you know it's a it's well, a bad game and then they bounce back and have four or five good games or a good season and it's and just and you're in your guessing ahead. on usage i mean that could be the one thing if somebody's not used at all right you, know, you maybe you maybe you pivot off of somebody and stuff like that but i mean depending on your you know thing if you're doing a you know, a campus to campus league, for example, I mean, it, it, it shouldn't just be that day and now evaluation. It's where you think down the road, they might hit too, you know? So I know, um, I don't know if he's hurt or just hasn't played, but like Sage Ryan for LSU, uh, has done nothing, you know, he's an incoming freshman, which can kind of be expected, but, um, right. you know, like he's a guy that I invest a little bit in the leagues. I have him. I, I'm not just going to drop him right now. You know, I need to, wait and see and that might be two weeks two months that could be two years <laughs> who knows you know when he right. gets his opportunity so and speaking of him I, when i was looking at news and notes today um his name popped up uh, apparently he's been dealing with some kind of little injury and uh they are thinking he can possibly play this weekend they're not for sure but they're looking like it's looking like he might be able to get on the field finally. So that's a good that's good news. And, and you said it, you know, an incoming freshman. We hear these names: Corey Foreman and Sage Ryan and Quinn Ewers, and which offense is different. But um, even still, you have to pump the brakes on these freshmen because you got to imagine they've got to get in there. It's a it's a whole completely different. Thing. And I've, you know, we've, if you've listened to some of the interviews we've done with players, they'll tell you it's not so much the football part of it that's hard, but it's the transition to college as a whole because you're, you've got to go to different classes and, you know, it's not all in one spot. So you got to go over here and you're doing this and then you got to go do weight training and, the college as a whole experience is so hard to transition to. So, it, it, you know, these freshmen, they don't know it. this is a whole new world to them. So they've got to learn everything completely different. You know, they're not living at home no more. And uh, right. you know, you, they got to do things for themselves now. for the first time sometimes. <laughs> so uh, it's a big change for them. Yeah, it definitely is. And, I mean, and you see that too. I mean, you see people panic on NFL rookies, you know, right away too. You know, it's like, oh – you know, Sign I don't yes. like the way I don't like the way Trevor Lawrence played week one. Well, I mean, that's his first game in the NFL, right? I mean, you know, right. why give up then? I mean, I, I think if I remember right, I think through eight games of Peyton Manning's career, I think he had like 
10 touchdown passes and like almost 20 interceptions or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, how many people there, I mean, and it takes a while to, to acclimate and to, to be ready, you know, and I don't know, you know, and like I said, sometimes it schedules things too. I mean, I don't, you know, when college kids are out of their conference schedule, a lot of times it's weird, you know, you're playing, you know, either up in competition where a guy's not going to do something or you're, you know, you're playing a team that you're, you're going to kill. And so they're going to try different things. You know, they might not play a, you know, they're not going to play the guys that they should all game long and stuff like that, you know, cause there's no need to, you know, when you're Alabama playing Mercer, I mean, you're going to play every hundred people on that sideline, <laughs> you know, you're not yeah. going to, yeah. you know, you're going to play your starters a quarter probably. And then be like, well, yeah, we got this. Let's start playing some other kids, you know? So, yeah. Funny you said that because I was watching the Clemson uh, South Carolina State replay today and they mentioned it. Uh, and I think they were they were somewhere in late third quarter and they had already played 88 players off the roster. Really? So, I mean, when you have those blowout wins like that, things happen. So, well, that's why they that's why those schools make those games too, you know, and right. there's a lot of. This week, if you go through and look at schedules and stuff like that, you know, so it's a, you know, if you like the kid heading in, you know, give it a little more time. I mean, if they, if, they, if obviously they're not playing at all, you know, maybe that's a, you know, alarm. But like, you know, those stats. I mean, I just, you know, maybe be careful who you start and sit and things like that, and pay a little more attention to that and, and go forward. So, yeah, for sure. Um, we mentioned some of the injuries. Um, mentioned some of our guys that we like. We didn't thought that we didn't like. We're, we're trying to say, hey, you got to be patient here and all that good stuff. Um, do you? And I'm thinking of some questions people's asked me because I'm curious to your answer. In these IDP, Diddy only or Campus to Canton leagues, are you looking at? players mainly from big schools like the power five or do you branch out into like the group of six schools or do you even get down into some of the smaller smaller uh schools well i think if i'm in a debbie league i'm probably not venturing too much outside of power five right i mean i, I think there's you know for every one Xavier collins there's 10 examples of G5 kids that never went anywhere that had successful careers. Right. Right. And so if I'm doing a Debbie league, I'm staying pretty close to the power five conferences and, um, you know, paying attention to that. If I'm in a campus league, I, I mean, I'm all over the place. I mean, if you look at my rosters in campus, league, I mean, <laughs> I, I've got, you know, Texas, Utah, Toledo, Hawaii, you know, and stuff like that. But I also realized that, you know, like I might really, you know, like a, oh, a, a Darius Musa. I'm probably killing that I say his name from Hawaii, but I think he's going to be a great college producer, but I have no faith that he's ever going to see an NFL roster. Right. I mean, you, you need those guys on your campus team to give you some stats now on that, right? But like, like Devin Lloyd for Utah, I mean, that's a guy there to own. Yeah, if you if you're in a campus league and you don't, you know, to me, if you don't throw out an an offer for a Devin Lloyd, 
I don't know what's going to cost you, but it's it, it's he's going to play in the NFL. Yep. You know, I think right now, like he's probably like a third round draft pick at worst, maybe higher when it's all said and done. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I think he's but, in that third round range for sure. But I, would I be surprised if he's a, a first round pick? I mean, you watch Utah play, and it's hard to go two or three plays without hearing the name Devin Lloyd. Yeah, he's all over the place. He, I, I mean, he really is. And you'd be surprised. There's some leagues he's still available in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I know. mean, it never hurts to go – when we mention these names, it never hurts to go check out your waivers and see if they're there because you'd be surprised. Um, and I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm, my teams are kind of all over the place. Um, of course, playing in these campus to Canton leagues – and I think that's what makes these leagues so fun, Brock, is you're building your campus teams because you, obviously you're trying to win. That's why we're playing this. But as you mentioned, there's some players that are – you know they're not going to the NFL. You just know they're not. But they're hell on wheels in college. But at the same time, you're trying to draft players and build your team with the eye on the future. You're looking at your Canton teams. You're like, okay – Devin Lloyd, you know he's going to be in the NFL. You know what kind of uh, impact that could have for your NFL side. So, um, when you have to, you have to, you have to balance both. You know that's why I've always. But not everybody does that, and that's so crazy to me. So crazy to me. I just don't understand why they. We've talked about this before, but it's like they punt the college side sometimes and use it as a extra taxi squad, so to speak. And I'm like. Well, no, I know your, I'm trying to win both. <laughs> I know your teams, right? Like I got one league where I've got Fred Werner, Devin Bush, um, oh, White from Tampa Bay at linebacker, um, and a couple other nice ones. I mean, am I right now in this moment in time, am I, am I that concerned about, you know, future NFL linebacker potential, right? Where I think I right. have to go, you know, get one of the kids from Alabama or yeah. Cause you're already set at the NFL side. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to find people that are going to score me some points in college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to set my set exactly. out to do. And uh, you know, I, and the other thing is too, I mean, the, it, the people have to, to me, like it, it's hard enough projecting what rookies are going to hit anyway. If you're, you know, when you look at the NFL draft, you know, maybe half of them are relevant. Right, or maybe not even that many at the end of the day. And if you're if you're taking that down to a Debbie level or a campus to Canton League level, I mean you gotta realize that it's probably down to one in five or something like that, or that are gonna you know, your 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 dart throws are from farther out and at a smaller board almost, you know. Exactly. So you you can get caught up in it, you can you can add, you know. Oh man, this guy was a five star recruit. This guy was a five star recruit. This guy was a five star recruit. If you came up with that, oh, well, great and stuff. But I mean, most of those kids aren't going to play in the NFL or they're not going to play at a high level in the NFL or a meaningful level in the NFL, you know, for fantasy success. So, you know, I, I think, you know, be smart about who you get. I mean, it's always, to me, it's always big schools and look at programs. I mean, the NFL love, obviously loves Georgia linebackers, they love Ohio State, they love Alabama. They love Clemson. You know, those Mm -hmm. kids are all – their pass is there for them. Yeah, get those guys. But don't – you know, 
don't be surprised when they go out and they're only scoring about six points a week in college football because, to be honest, Alabama's playing eight or nine linebackers a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. running those kids in and out regardless of the game. I mean, they got so much talent, they're playing them, and they have to keep them happy and play them. Otherwise, they're going to use that one-time transfer and go play somewhere else, you know, so – that and the fact that they're blowing people out a lot of times, you know, they're pulling their starters third quarter and letting those young guys in there. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just think you have to balance both and be smart. Like I don't, you know, I, I don't think you can run both those teams in a vacuum and say, I'm going to handle it this way. You have to realize that, you know, if I'm, if I have an issue at, you know, safety, well, most of those leagues, you have to fix that at the college level and figure that out. You know, you can't just do it at, you know, or you, it's bit like in our, in our one league we're in, you have, there is no draft, you know, the, right. the draft is, I mean, there's nothing relevant in it, very little relevant in it. Right. Cause you got 16 teams and, you know, only the non-rostered players carry over and it's, you know, you're not going to get very many Trey Lance's, Pop up, yeah, you know? you're, yeah. Once in a while, you have that, but yeah, you're not going to fix yourself in the draft. So you have to, you know, you have to do it in that league in there, you know, and you have to, you have to be smart about both. But I, I also, if that league pays out, if it's a free league and you get no money for the college side and all the payouts are on the pro side for some reason, then yeah, by all means, yeah. I'd run my college team into the ground, and who cares what it finished like if all the money's made on the NFL? Exactly, but exactly. In leagues I, I'm I, in, that's just the competitive thing in me. I, I'm trying to. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, I just I don't pay much attention to my." Not that they don't pay attention to it, but they treat it like a taxi. And I'm like, okay, I kind of see that, but you're just kind of punning that league. I mean, you're paying for it. Why not try to win it? And I my, just never could wrap my head around why you wouldn't try to win both. My boy Herm Edwards said it best. You play to win the game. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. So. Oh, shoot. He sure did. Um, I was just kind of over some uh, looking at some of these fan tracks leagues um, that I have. Um, trying to help our listeners out here a little bit. Some seeing who's available, who's not available. Um Jake Hummel, linebacker, Iowa State. Yay, nay on him. Is that somebody you're looking at? Um, uh, another one's Roger McCreary for Auburn. Um, Sam Williams for Mississippi. I mean, there's still some really good IDPs out there. Uh, it's just a matter of going and looking. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of guys out there that can get you numbers and things like that. You know, I, I, I I find myself on my campus leagues. I'll be, I, I can just sit there all day long almost and pick up players and cut players and yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like a guy here and there and stuff like that, you know? And so, you know, that's why I, I you know, I mean, like I said, the, the smart thing is, is to figure out what you need for your college team. And, you know, can you, you know, do you have to sit on, sage ryan or something like that you know on the college side because you need that eventually you know if you think that you know his five-star potential is true i guess so right but uh yeah they're always and, and you see in a lot of the you know the campus leagues especially that you know if 
teams roster 50, a lot of times you see like 35 of those players are on the offensive side of the ball too. Yep. You know, which, you know, frees up a lot of room to do it, you know, and I know the leagues I'm in that, I mean, you, you have to score points on your defensive side to win those games, you know, yes, you do. if your defense, you know, it, it's not like, you know, we, you know, in the one league we're in, we start 10 on both sides, you know, and I think you're, you know, as your offense, does your offense score more? Yeah, it seems like it does. But I mean, if you have a defense that, you know, can't score hundred and, you know, 20 or so between those 10 guys, you're in trouble. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to do it, you know? And so why not figure out players are going to do it for you? Yeah. And I think we see the same thing on NFL side, you know, people will play IDP, but, and they don't value the IDP. They'll just pick, you know, some of the bigger names and if they can, and if they can't get some of the top two or three names, then they just kind of punt it and pick whoever. And I don't know how many times I've went into leagues or took teams over and I scour the waivers and I'm like, why is this guy not on a roster somewhere? This You're, you're giving me free points. So, yeah, like you said, know your teams in and out, what you need, you know, if it's Canton side, know what you need there. Um, know your scoring, know all that good stuff. I mean, the more educated you are on your league, your teams, the better you're going to be. So, oh, whew. I didn't realize we've been talking as long. But uh, yeah, just do, um, you know, make sure you're checking your waiver routers waiver wires because um, there's always good players out there you know um, doesn't matter if it's position specific or you know where there's just I call them general or basic leagues where it's defensive line linebackers and defensive backs IDP leagues you got to check those waivers because I'm telling you there's always players that you wouldn't think would be there and they wind up being there so um, never hurts to check so uh, we didn't have no questions this week, but uh, maybe next week we'll have a few. So uh, uh, big schedule of games coming this week. Can't wait. I wished it was uh, Friday already because <laughs> I start watching games on Friday. So um, we're doing, um, for those of you listening, those that I write for the IDP guys, we're doing uh, – college game recaps so uh you know we're trying to get all the information it's basically breaking down games that we've watched you know basically the big stars players that's going to get drafted stuff like that but there's some good nuggets in there if you'll go read i try to uh i try to hit on some of the stars or studs of the game maybe put them on your radar or you know just watch list or whatever but uh, they're trying to build a database of, of games that we've watched now. So that's something we just started last week. So um, go check those out. We're putting those in there, and it's going to tie into our rankings and all that good stuff. So doing a lot of good stuff. Um, I don't know. Are you doing a lot of things with your teams now? I know that the season started. It's basically just maintaining and, and kind of watching your you know, players get injured, you're picking up somebody or something like that. But uh, anything else you're really doing with your leagues? No, I mean, I think now is the time to kind of like sit back and watch and, 
you know, also get a good feel about, you know, the guys going forward, right? You know, because it's it's that time of year where you, you want to look for the, you know, I, most of the great players are rostered, but I think, you know, the one thing in Debbie leagues that I've always found out um, or campus to Canton leagues is that players are always available on that side. And so now's a great time to go look through and see that, man, this, I, I like this guy. I need to go get him because I, I think that I always think that they're cheapest when they're on that college side. And once they, turn pro or they hit that drive, then they, they start costing a little bit more. And so if you see a guy you like, I think now is the time to do it and just pay attention to it and, and, and try to make that move. If you want to go get somebody, you know, if you've, you know, you watch Notre Dame and you love Kyle Hamilton, I, I know he's going to, he might cost a little bit now, but I think now is the time to do it, you know, because yeah, next spring when he's drafted in the top seven or eight, I yep. mean, you're not going to want to, you might not want to pay that price for a, a defensive back in the NFL, you know, same with Thibodeau. You're good. Now's the yeah. time to get him. It might be a little expensive now, but you're going to pay a lot more when draft day comes. Yeah. So, um, and, and especially if it's in a, in a campus league where they're playing guys on that side and maybe you can make something work with a, you know, a running back from Florida international or something like that. And, <laughs> right, right, right. and a player here and you can, uh, you can get everything to work for you and doing a deal like that. But uh, I, I, I think now it's the time to, you know, see those guys you like and not be afraid to go get them because uh, I, I, I well know that they become more expensive once they're, even once the draft, the draft hype season starts, you know, especially if they're draft eligible, you know, once, you know, the day Thibodeau declares his, his value doubles. Yep. Easily doubles him and Hamilton both, yeah, yeah. And I would probably say right now they're going to be 101 and 102 of some fashion in most IDP Debbie drafts. I mean, as far as IDP players, they're not going to be the number one or number two pick, but those are going to be the top yeah. two IDP Debbies. Um, and you're right, as soon as they declare that value doubles, sometimes triples. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know what it is. To see, like where you know that linebacker group's kind of open this year. You know who's gonna, you know who's gonna, you know jump into that. You know is there gonna be? Yeah, some- there's. I got a couple. I think Mike Rose from Iowa State is. He's got his name in there. I don't. He's not going to be the Micah Parsons this year, but he's going to no, go. He's, yeah, he's he's a he's a good player. I mean, he's, yeah, he's he's a fine player. He'll be, you know, he's going to be he, kind of like a Blake Martinez or something like that, probably right. Yeah, exactly. To, you know, kind of a, a an, old, an old reliable. <laughs> yep. Yep. In the NFL, I don't know. Like, you know, right now, if I don't know if there is a Micah Parsons or a, you know, a Devin White or you know somebody that that's in this group, you know, coming up. Right. I mean, there, you know, there might there there might be you know like, but usually that guy's kind of known by now too, right? Yeah. You know, it might Very just true. be a year where, you know, you know Thibodeau's elite and. You know, uh, Hamilton might be the best defensive back prospect ever. Maybe I yeah. don't know. Man, I mean, he looked good against Florida State, didn't he? Whew. Did you like on that one interception? Like, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody cover that much ground. I don't know either. I was like, you, you yeah. he covered three quarters of the field from sideline to sideline. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I mean, he, he was on the far, hell, he, he was on the far hash and made the interception on the other sideline. You know, amazing. And, I, I'm with you. I, don't, I just think he's going to be so special. And, well, he, and, and he's. And he's not just a 
free safety. I mean, he plays in the box. He gets behind yeah. the scrimmage. I mean, he's a he's a he's a guy that you know he's legit. Like he's a guy you could build your defense around and do a lot of different things. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a Jamal Adams type player, right? Or, yeah, he is not afraid yeah. to hit you either. No, no, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a player. So, yeah, we'll see when they're talking about a defensive back possibly going in the top five. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know he's scary good because that's not a <laughs> yeah. that that's not a primo position. You know, that's not an edge rusher. That's not a tackle. That's not a quarterback. Exactly. So, you know, that's not something you see every day for sure. Yep. But uh, yeah, um, I guess that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Um, I know y'all send me a lot of questions in my DMs or whatever, so don't be afraid to ask and um, hit me and Brock up and we'll get them on the show. We'll get them answered for you. We'll help you the best I can or best we can. And um, I guess we, if you can, we'll be back next Wednesday, Brock. We'll do it again for uh, next week. Um, But thanks for joining us and tuning in and spread the good word and tell everybody about IDP, or Davey IDP grind and, all that good stuff, and we will see you next week.